Welcome. This is Why Life Is. I'm Niles with Flower. Hey, tonight, another, I hope to be very interesting show, uh, dealing with creating truth in the human mind. And uh, this is going to be a show that has a lot of structure to it, because when we're talking about the mental mind, um, which is what I also refer to as the human, human mind, is uh, actually a... Um, uh, a structured, uh, we'll call it, type of thinking. Now, what does structure mean? Structure means that uh, one element can be discerned in comparison to another element, and it can even be given a value. And the value is how we say in most uh, structured situations, uh, it is mathematically uh, connected. So we are, when we think, in a mental way, we are using math and may not even realize that that's going on. Now, I'm not going to talk a lot about math tonight, but I am going to talk about truth. And truth is the light, the light or virtue, because light and form, of the mental world. And when you think in the mental world, you can use the light of the mental world to compose uh, you're thinking, and each human being does this to some level. Uh, humans are a moving target <laughs> when it comes to creating truth because the level at which uh, the greatest thought that exists in a particular uh, mental world uh, that has been achieved at any time, time being a quotient, you can call it, of uh, part of truth um, is uh, variable. It changes and grows, usually, uh, over time. So the truth, as we know it now, the light that's in the middle world right now, is a lesser version, less virtuous version, than the light of tomorrow, next year, next century, next millennium. So... Truth generally grows. Now, does it always have to grow? Actually, no. There have been periods in human development when the mental world has actually had some, we'll call it, intrusion from astral kinds of uh, thought, which is another kind of thinking, and uh, that kind of thought can actually dampen truth and even reduce it in the mental world. Uh, making it more difficult to think, by the way, for those who pe- people who can think in greater lengths of light, because there's less overall light uh, available, and a person has to overcome that through their own individual minds when the light is lower than their own. And, uh, of course, there are people that can do that, but in general, it's hard for the multitudes of people, humans, who think in uh, the mental way, in the structured thinking, uh, to overcome the present value of truth that may exist in the middle world. And we're seeing examples of that as right now. I mean, truth has diminished to some extent in the world because the leaders of our world, particularly the leading leader, which is the President of the United States, does not speak in truth, does not well, I don't know if he thinks in truth, that's a good and interesting thing, but most likely he thinks to counter truth uh, because he 
always speaks in untruth or lies. I mean, you prefer that word, that's okay with me. And um, that damages the ability for some people to think in truth. Yeah. And not just him doing it, but the many multitude of people who follow his thought uh, is what creates this, uh, uh, we'll call it, hollow uh, element to what used to be a greater truth, a level of truth, uh, than it is today. Now, it hasn't reduced enormously, but it has reduced. That is the question then. So that's an interesting thing in itself. So, and you may not have known that about truth. Most people think truth is the truth forever, and whatever the truth is of today is going to be the truth of tomorrow, and the truth of yesterday, and so Well, that isn't the way structure works. It isn't the way uh, the definition of how you get to structure truth, which is what I'm going to explain next, is how it works. So, most people think that truth is an absolute value. So, if it's the truth, it's the truth. The truth is a, a not, uh, it's a relative value uh, because it is relative to the amount of light contained within the conceptual thought. Concepts are structured thoughts that are are formulated, or you, you can say they have movement to them in time and space. I should imagine. And uh, that has to be connected to a, a type of thought that has no movement, but represents an example, an example, a single example of the truth. And that's called lower mental thought, lower mental or non-conceptual, but usually logical thought. Okay? Logic just means that past, present, and future are in that order. And so people can understand what that is they're thinking about and others can follow it. Uh, so there are examples of the truth we call thought forms and there are examples of non-truth also that are called thought forms. And then there's a, then there's the truth itself which is always in a, framed in a moving structure of time and space that uh, because of the movement we are able to determine whether there is contradictions in uh, the lower thought forms that exist that come from that uh, concept, or does it violate or confuse or uh, contradict other concepts that seem to uh, uh, be integral in themselves? Truth has to not do that. Truth cannot violate that kind of element, and when it does, there's a, we can call it, a light that goes off in our mind that tells us that, because the light is, it struggles to uh, stay as bright when we try to think in non-truthful ways. So we have a sense of it. Our actual higher mental senses tell us when something is not truthful because it, it senses a thing called force. Force is one type of quote-unquote mental thinking against another kind that aren't moving in the same direction, one being more enlightened and the other being less. And when it, we, we think in that way, 
we know that there's an element lacking of truth. That's how we know it. We can sense the difference because when light and less than light or something less than the light, could be some form of light but a lot less, uh, meet each other because they're not going in the same direction at the same speed in the same you know, phase, the results are that we can actually feel it mentally. We feel it mentally by the force there is against our ability to think in light, in truth. We notice the difference. Isn't that wonderful? Most people don't define it that way because they don't sense their senses, mental senses, that well. But they know when I explain it this way, most people say, I, I got you. I know what you're talking about because I, I, now that you've defined it for me, I can I can understand it. But I could understand it until you explain it. Okay, well, that's fine. That's fine. That's all right. I don't mind people doing that. Um, that's fine. All right, so, so we've got some values. Now, the values, the thing that's so funny about truth is it actually has a value. Uh, the value is... The, um, if you do, we're doing this mathematically, which is the way it actually is being done in our, in our mind, but we don't realize, it's the total value of truth minus the value of untruth resulting in force. The force uh, then uh, reduces the ability for thought to control energy, making it more difficult for us to make the next thought because energy follows thought greater than its own, and we notice that our thinking becomes more difficult. When we, when the formula, the math I just did for you, very quickly, I should say, um, uh, turns in the untruthful direction. Isn't that wonderful? And some untruths are so blatantly untrue, uh, as I was speaking earlier from our president, that uh, you, it almost hammers your head. And you immediately sense, well, I do anyway, the level of force, you know. And some people use that terminology when they hear these lines from various people, saying, that person's trying to force me to think some other way. Actually, that is a true statement. <laughs> they don't realize that what they're saying is, is amazingly true. When I hear people say it, I just smile. They usually look at me and think I'm crazy. Like, what are you smiling at? <laughs> Nothing. Never mind. You know, because they're saying something that's incredibly true, and they don't realize the level of truth that they're actually saying. But at any rate, that's a, that's a very, uh, very interesting part of our experience of our own mental body. Now, why don't people notice their mental senses so much? Well, because they aren't well-balanced and they aren't unified. And when senses aren't balanced or unified, uh, as we use them, uh, our awareness of the total sense being used is blocked by those conditions. So the lack of unity in the sense, and, that, and, <laughs> and then the uh, mistaken elements of how we use the senses, like if you think it untruth, uh, starts to reduce the sense. And interestingly, it doesn't just cause us to feel the force of untruth, but it also reduces our ability to sense at all. So if you were to be continuously barraged by untruth, 
whole night, over and over and over and over. Uh, eventually, and this has been proven, there's a thing called brainwashing uh, in the common vernacular, in which the senses of the mental body diminish so much that a person cannot sense thought very well, and the structure of their thinking becomes this, this continuous, and they uh, they start thinking in ways that don't make sense to anybody, but they don't know it's not making sense to them because they have lost the ability to adequately sense it's not making sense, and that's like a brainless person. And so that's that's a part of the plan of evil in this world and most others, by the way, is to create this very condition that limits people to the ability for people to sense untruth and to uh, sense truth as well, and to be able to think in a way in which they can see where evil is doing its job. That's that's the problem because evil knows this. And it uses various methods to try to invoke this into us, make us, you know, it evokes it so that we invoke it into ourselves and we become kind of brainwashed. Some people call it Kool-Aid or falling asleep or whatever, (laughs) drinking the Kool-Aid. That's just people who who listen to a guy say, drink Kool-Aid that was laced with, with cyanide. And it's good for you. <laughs> You're half the floor. You know. uh, of course, it wasn't so good for them. They all got dead. And so, um, this is this is the, the uh, this is the real um, uh, process of what's going on in our mental minds, which is part of a mental body. The senses that are contributing to this, which are not all together, they aren't unified, um, include the following. In the lower mental body, where you don't get a moving picture of anything, it's not in movement, in the way we think of it in in, in movement, Uh, it has a a single example of what would be considered a moving formula, but if the formula is no longer present, just the example of the formula is. And when you lose the formula, you lose some of the elements of interaction and movement, but you still have some movement in the example itself, but it's very de minimis. And so from that particular standpoint, uh, and that goes on, uh, from that particular standpoint, it weakens the, the, the lower mental body to not have the senses unified, which would allow greater levels of movement because you would have all the senses contributing some element of thought to what's happening. Now, the element of thought would be sensing other people's uh, thinking, the combined element of other people's thinking, in the mental world, and thinking of all the structure that has been developed up to that time, uh, so that people can, from that, then use it in a complete way to build the highest example, the best, the most clear example they can of the concept that's in the higher mind. This is all taking place in the lower mind. Well, what's not not together? Well, what's not together? Uh, The seventh uh, 
get some votes, which means that theoretically you could create a talking computer and other things that actually would be able to create the symbol. Hmm, we're not there yet, but we're looking at it. So if, because it's mathematical, and anything that's mathematical could be created in some respect, similar to what humans do it, but humans do something much higher than that because they are explaining a concept, usually when they speak. And the explanation of the concept is far too beyond computers or animals. So it, it, that's, that's, a type, that's the reason humans are so really important. So most animals have whistles and noises. They communicate a very, very, very simplistic version of what I'm saying, but their version of it does not explain the uniqueness of any specific experience. So the experiences are very generalized because they come from preconceptual thoughts. Uh, given to them by their group soul through a self-structure that is relatively undefined and loose. So they just can't get beyond that. That's their nemesis, you could call it. But for us, we are born with it. We, uh, you know, it's the way human beings are made. And so we've got the, we've got the seventh sense, which has to do with hearing, sometimes referred to connected to the sexual center of the mind, and that is connected to where? The third, and where is that third sense? That is in the mental unit where the personality exists, and the third part of the personality deals with this very issue of communication with others, particularly humans, and uh, using these symbols. And that's the third sub-subplane of the fourth subplane in the mental body, inclusive of the mental body. <laughs> wow. So the personality is very important. If the personality is damaged, it may lose the ability to do the symbology part in the mental unit, and then the communication goes bye-bye. The person might still be there to some extent, but the ability to communicate is gone. Most cases, when that ability is gone, the person uh, loses a significant level of consciousness, and they may they may not be conscious, depending on the circumstances. For sure, when we go to the next level, if a person loses it, they have to be unconscious. But we'll get to that. So, the next part is, uh, the next sense that was developed over millions of years of time is the uh, the sixth ray uh, center, we'll call it, which for a lot of people would be called the solar plexus center of the mental mind. That's in the lower mind. We're talking about these lower mind centers. And uh, it works with the fourth ray center. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, what that center does is it brings to a fuller level of consciousness uh, what is happening uh, in terms of our thinking process. It's self-reflective, and uh, it also involves the uh, sensation of mental touch along with the ability to determine, really, to determine a balance 
to the example that completed so that others will be able to follow, will be able to uh, uh, commiserate with us, and uh, it also grows our own awareness of ourselves, and guess where that is? That's where the self is. So the, the, the sixth uh, the sixth part, uh, it says, comes from the sixth sub-part of the body, which is where the sixth sub-world of the metal world, but the fourth part um, is uh, literally uh, the uh, fourth, um, the, the very center of the fourth part, which is the fourth sub-subplane of the fourth subplane, is where the self is. So this sense has developed as we have developed stronger and stronger senses of our self, our awareness of self. And when that part reached more definition and stronger than not, and there's a historical record of this when this took place, then human beings joined those two senses together. Just the way the seventh and the third were joined very early in human development, almost as soon as they were humans, we had that. The uh, fourth and the sixth joined together at a later time, actually in another, uh, pretty much uh, in another uh, group of people. Although spiritual disciples earlier on had this ability, uh, the general population did not. And we'll talk about that in the next section. So this is fascinating. So, so those two come together. So we got two senses today that are joined to, uh, that are joined together into two, by two senses. So two times two, four senses. And the idea is that seventh is joined to the third in the lower mental body, and the uh, sixth is joined to the fourth. And there you go. Very good. But there's one more center that is still kind of isolated, uh, kind of doing its own thing in its own right, you might call it that. Um, at least one more that is of a mundane con- construction. We're going to get to this more spiritual ones in a minute. But the mundane construction is the Ajnas. And this one comes from the fifth mental sub-part or sub-plane of the mental body. And it's not connected to anything yet. It's vulnerable because it's not connected. It's the part that directly signals to us first before anything else, before even the other senses that are unified, when something is creating a force in our thinking. It's very important we not lose that sense to darkness, because if we do, we will not be able to tell who is evil, who is not, etc. Some people have lost that sense due to egotism, or worse, arrogance. And once they lose that sense, well, first of all, they usually become, in our country, these, these days, progressives, but that's a whole other political issue and, and a way of interacting with social systems. But it's interesting, they also uh, become argumentative and even hostile to truth. Uh, it's, it's just weird. And so the Eisner Center, if it's battered around, you've got a problem. The Asha Center also is the part that is most mathematical in its use. So people who are very arrogant in their quote-unquote structured way of thinking and believe that their structure is always right, never bad. Those folks 
in the greatest danger of losing this sense to darkness. How do you lose a sense of darkness? Well, um, the parts of the two senses I earlier spoke about that are joined together have been lost to darkness. Parts. But because they were joined together, they're resistant still to becoming fully dark. So sometimes they're dark and sometimes they're not. Even in very egotistical people, this is true. Not so much in arrogant people, because then both of the senses are are dark, and then those people are lost. But let's get to the most of the population. It's not true, though, until you have people with the seventh and the third parts, you know, that are part of it's in the in the personality, part of it's uh, not part of the personality. And the part that's not part of the personality in most people has darkness in it. It's called the common monastic connection. People tend to not use that sense as it's supposed to be used, which is to think first in terms logically uh, and in terms of making sure that the hearing of others is correct and tested against models of truth. So when they hear something that doesn't feel the way they want it to feel to them, they get common monastically connected by their desires, and they don't hear the other person speaking. They don't hear the other person thinking. They don't hear anything other than their own thoughts. And they don't uh, hear. They just don't listen to what other people are saying. Well, 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 that's a problem. But for most people that aren't so arrogant, where they isn't joined with the part of the personality, uh, they only do it occasionally, and the majority of the time, they actually do hear other people, which is good. And uh, they're more reasonable, meaning that they are more open-minded to trying to find truth. Remember, this is all about light. How much light are they willing to have in their mind? So you could say that people who are egotistical are allergic to light. <laughs> they don't want much light in their mind. And if they're arrogant, they don't want any light in their mind. They just want whatever they want. Now, you might have slight light in their mind because they may want that. Something about the world they do think in a enlightened way about. But the rest of it, they don't. And they just block out. Now, what about the folks that are doing the 6-4 uh, mambo? Well, they're, we call it touch. They're, they're when they get very close to the thought forms of other people that touch, that's the sense of touch, mentally speaking. You know, these are odd ways of presenting senses differently in the physical world. But when you get real close to the thought forms of other people, meaning that maybe you're in a situation where they're teaching you something, or maybe we're in a situation where you need their information in order to survive or not have a disaster on hand. Touch is a good thing because you're open to it, and that's great. And then it's joined with a sense, the fourth way, of building the self and being able to balance out the thought form so that uh, there isn't a large amount of difference between, as little difference as possible, between your thinking and that of other people. You look for common ground. If you're egotistical, guess what happened? <laughs> you got it. Forget about this touch business. I don't want to even 
even hear what other people are saying, and the closer they get to me, the more important they may be, at least to me listening to, I turn them off. And worse than that, I'm not going to try to balance my thought with theirs. I'm going to try to find how my thought could be similar to theirs, even though it seems different right now. Forget that. The sense gets canceled, so to speak, and they take with their astral body to replace it, which is whatever they desire their thought to be, not what the truth is. So they lose the ability to think in truth. Wow, that's pretty crazy. Arrogant people do this all time. It cancels out love, by the way, in the astral body, too. We're talking messing people up. Well, and a lot of people are like this, but not everybody, not even the majority of people yet in most circumstances. It is specific to some areas of thought. Some people are okay in some areas of thought, and others, they are messed up terrible. Terrible. Depends on what the thought is. Interesting stuff. All right, and then we've got the folks who are using the fifth uh, rate, the sub-rate sub, sub center of the oxygen center in the lower middle body, and those people are supposed to be able to figure out truth by using pure logic and by using what we call reasoning. What reasoning really is is the ability to, to involve some level of conceptual thought. So, but this is still the lower middle body. So they jump back and forth between some part of the higher mental body and back and forth. It isn't like le- truly understanding the concept, but at least they use some elements in the concept. And that's what the fifth mental world thinkers are. A lot of scientists are like this that are relatively open-minded. And they will use this sense. And even though they might be selfish and they might be somewhat egotistical in the two other senses that are going, this sense may still be okay, and since it involves more measurement than that, they use a lot of math or measurement principles, which will lead them sometimes away from their own biases of truth and still find some element of truth, which is good. But if you're egotistical in this area, ooh, 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 then you lose that ability, and then you could start building a carbon-monoxic connection, which is not there for all people. But everybody's common, almost everybody's common connected with the two other senses. The sixth and seventh subparts of the mental body are actually common connected at birth for most people, unless they've broken that connection from the spiritual service. Unbelievable. But this fifth one has not been so uh, terribly compromised yet. So there's a better chance that people will find the truth eventually, if they use this more scientific way of thinking, and they're not egotistical to a high level. Good thing. But arrogant people are terrible. And so they uh, do start linking this with the fifth mental, with the fifth astral sub-world and parts of their senses. And the result is a dark connection in which their desires lead them into thinking any untruth you can imagine, and uh, they don't use any logical reason. They ignore it. 
So that creates all kinds of problems. And those problems are so significant that um, that's what's going to lead our world in the not-too-distant future to become either dark or dark, evil or not. So that's where the battle is right now. That's that, that single thing that I just talked about. And every time we hear about scientists lying about data and this and that and trying to convince other people of their crazy untruths, that's what's going on. That's what's going on. Now, and we're going to talk about that. The weird thing about it, I just mentioned it right now, is when people reach these high levels of untruth, you can't tell them the truth. They don't hear you. They don't touch it. They can't sense it that way. They can't perceive it in terms of logic. They can't perceive it in terms of structure. They don't feel the forces. All that stuff is gone from them uh, almost completely. And the best way to communicate with them is to tell them untruths that involve some element of their desire or against their desire but threatens their desire so that they become fearful and will open their minds to the truth to some extent. And that is about the best you can do. I know that sounds crazy. It's all get out. Well, I thought you should always tell the truth. It's the golden rule. Well, if you're dealing with egotistical people or worse, evil people, you have to lie to them. You have to tell them the things that will get them to somewhat hear and to do something with their own minds to become a little bit more open-minded. As a matter of fact, if you understand anything about recent wars, um, when one side was using propaganda, the other side had to, they didn't use propaganda, they used deception in order to get the other side to... uh, weaken their position and at the same time confuse their own logic so that they lose or lost during battles or strategies or whatever, uh, supplies. I mean, that's how it has worked. And I'll talk a lot more about that when we come back. Now, I hope this, now this part of the show is very difficult for some people to follow. The more difficult it has been for you to follow me, the more you need to look at your own mind and see how much you have a, a apparent closed-mindedness or egotism and various, hopefully not arrogance, but parts that are closed off. And we'll come back and revisit some of this with a different approach because this was a highly structured one, I just gave it. So I'm going to talk about it in another way, somewhat historical and other things. It'll be a little easier, and over time I'll add in a bunch of things you're familiar with, so it won't be so way pie in the sky stuff, okay? We'll be back in about uh, two and a half minutes from right now. Hun, what book are you reading? It's a novel, kind of, about romance, love, and spiritual life in general. Kind of a novel? What do you mean? Well, it's based on some real-life experiences and even real characters. Some of their experiences are fascinating and remarkable. I can't put this book down. How come the title is Afterlife Love? That's part of the fascination. This book describes the afterlife in intricate detail and even explains why things are the way they're explained. But how can anyone write about or know that? Some of the characters travel out of body to some places that people who've already died also go to. 
I'm finding it completely believable because it all makes sense and fits into a bigger picture for me. Hon, what happens to these people? You can read it for yourself when I'm done if you want. Better yet, I'll get my own copy so we can discuss it while we read. Let me see. I'll write down the title. It's Afterlife Love by Niles McFlower. M-A-C-F-L-O-U-E-R. Afterlife Love is available in some bookstores and from the publisher at agelesswisdom.com or 480-966-3132. That's 480-966-3132. Hi, everyone. Since childhood, I've had questions about my life and life in general that I couldn't find adequate answers to. Questions like, why am I here? Why are others here? Does the universe have a purpose? And how does that relate to my life? More recently, I've been wondering what happens when we die, especially the reasons why. I'm more of a doubter than a believer in many things, and answers that include the whys allow me to think and figure out the truth for myself. I've been reading a book, Life's Hidden Meaning. This one book contains more answers, including the whys, than all other sources I've read or heard. It's amazing to me that every one of my questions has been thoroughly answered. More importantly, I have found that all of these answers so far have checked out to be true. I hope this message helps some of you in your quest for better understanding. The name of this wonderful book is, again, Life's Hidden Meaning by metaphysician Niles McFlower. Some bookstores sell it. I got my copy directly from the publisher at agelesswisdom.com. Life's hidden meaning may enlighten your mind and bring some peace and joy to your heart. This is why life is. I'm Niles with Flower. Hey, tonight we're talking about creating truth in the human mind. I just slightly raised my volume here. That might help you there. Uh, it's always a trick trying to get this to work a thousand miles away from the engineering part of the business. So it's a it's a great uh, challenge to do this. But at any rate, back to uh, what I was saying. So we we kind of ended this thing looking at how truth is some in some ways is this bizarre because people who are messed up in their heads. If they're been brainwashed, as an example, for people who are brainwashed or people who uh, have um, been not thinking in life very much, you've virtually got to tell them almost everything in some half-truth. or you got to lie to some extent to get anything into their, uh, into their mind, or else they hear nothing. <laughs> they hear themselves, and they hear a lot of, we'll call it negative things, that may come from evil. So if you're trying to speak the truth or trying to get people to think in more truthful ways and there's a lot of evil thought, it may be necessary to not tell people the whole truth. You've got to make some stuff up or else they're not going to go along with you at all. And that is not a winning a winning way of doing it. I know that sounds crazy, but I can tell you that if you do the math on it, so to speak, you'll find out that what I'm saying is correct because their forces are so strong that in order to limit their forces, you can't increase the truth 
because the forces become greater and their senses become less. <laughs> if you follow what I just said. I mean, this sounds like, oh my God, let's turn upside down and flip over. Uh, yeah, it does. I know, but it's really, it, it really does make sense. Really. Um, and then, if you so if you decrease the truth level and throw in some things that are not not, not horrible, untrue, but are, are, are twisting the truth, it may reduce their force level, so they hear some truth. And that some truth allows them to make the choices to reduce their egotism and close-mindedness and, and to not listen as strongly to the dark side, the evil side. Because really, that's what it's about. The evil side is in a contest in the uh, lower mental world with uh, light. So light can only be used so much. If too much light is used, you get the darkness becoming insufferable and people turn off all the light. If you keep the light at a lower level, but still somewhat true, they can hear some of that and there you go. Now, some of you know that what I'm saying is correct, is true, because you do that already. Well, you can't tell them the full truth because if you tell them that, they're never going to listen and that's the end of it. I mean, this happens to me almost daily. I hear people saying that to me. I hear people doing it. And I find that I have to do it more often than I would care to because there's no other way around it. Uh, sometimes evil has constructed so many traps, and it does this deliberately. It's very good at this, by the way. Um, that no matter what you do that you think is uh, trying to express truth, Evil has a comeback that is more forceful, produces more force in the in the um, presence of high levels of light than people can tolerate. So it knows that, and it deliberately sets these traps to do that in various areas of thought. And uh, then you're in trouble. It's, and, and, of course, most people don't understand this. And so they just say, well, I'll just slam more light. <laughs> Goodness, the light will do it, you know. And they, they don't get that you can't beat evil with just uh, dealing with forces because it's better at that than we are. Uh, it's better at that than, than even the next kingdom. So, I mean, so it, it's sort of like the expert in how to make things more forceful. And if you think you can beat them, you're the one that doesn't see the truth. You can't. You can't beat them, but what you can do is slightly join them. And then while you're joining them, you have to outsmart them. And you got to get to the point where people's senses do work well enough so they can start sh uh, getting the shackle off of evil and darkness in their mind. A lot of it, people say, wow, it's self-created. They chose to be... Well, they did. Okay, they went along with the darkness. They went along with you. But you can't just say, well, it's all their fault, so let them sink in it. You know, you give them a chance. Don't flood them with so much light that they, 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 they turned off their sense completely, and then you're nowhere. That is not the answer. Now, a lot of people do this and don't recognize that's what they're doing, but they've already learned that nothing else will work, and this is how you have to do it. And... To me, it's it's kind of disgusting that you got to do it, 
But at the same time, if that's the only thing that's going to work, you better do it. So you've got to lie to help create truth in the minds of others. What? <laughs> okay, that's a true statement. And people are doing it all over the place all the time. Uh, but the, their heart is in the right place. They're, and their mind is actually in the right place because there's no way to win the, t- the test otherwise because there are traps everywhere that evil has created in the dark side better at these forces issues. You don't want to get in a toe-to-toe match with a dark one using only force. You've got to outthink them using consciousness, which is love. And the love that you're using to try to help people to think better overcomes the fact that you're not creating uh, quote-unquote immediate truth in your communication. And you're even being forced to think in lower levels of communication, which have less truth, and deliver falsehoods that helps others to get over being literally possessed by darkness in their thinking, in their mental thinking. Now, I know that a lot of people know what I'm saying, that they didn't understand that concept. It's a difficult one. And maybe as the show goes on, it may seem to make more sense than it does at this moment. All right, so some other interesting tidbits about the goofiness of this particular subject. Um, You have to create truth in the human mind. It is not a natural state. What? Oh, I thought we were born pure and innocent. Aren't we? No, I said earlier we're not. Most people are born with a horrible legacy of an untruthful mental body, astral body, and somewhat and a lot, oftentimes, illusion, maya, uh, etheric physical body. So that's how we're born. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know that the, 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 the uh, we'll call it the spiritual new agey guys, folks, uh, and others, some, some specific very strong religious viewpoints in some religions say that we're just born in all of this innocence and, you know, the truth is there and if we just open our minds and hearts it'll flood in and we'll all be lightened and everything else. And... Nope. Doesn't work. Okay, let's go some, through some history here so we can figure this thing out. Well, when I talked about the the first uh, lower mental sense, I haven't even got to the higher mental sense. I'm going to cool your brain because the higher mental senses, normally I do them in earlier in the show, but they are so far out there that we got to, you know, I've got to give you kind of an easier thing here about, we'll talk about history. Then we'll go back and talk about the higher mental senses. And then we'll go back and then we'll, so we'll kind of use, use what mental sense you have for a while and let you cool off. Okay, history is history is easier than trying to find out what science of, of how the structure of mind is. Wow, it is hard. Okay, so as I stated earlier in the show, the first uh, sense that we tended to use was the sense of hearing, con- and somewhat connected to, but not originally connected to, uh, our ability to communicate, speak with others in, in, in various ways. It could be any kind of simple method. You can, I guess you could be using 
sign language, uh, smoke clouds, and maybe, you know, flashes of light or whatever, you know, you know that, that might work for you. But it, it, it has to be a, a form that is an agreed-upon method between you and others of symbology. As you know, two people speaking different languages, even though each is speaking a completely reasonable, logical language, you cannot understand each other, at least in the physical world. There's ways to do it in the mental world because of the following. If you are, if you are living in your mental body, that your consciousness is there, you can overcome the fact that you don't speak the same language because you actually hear the symbols directly. And you can do some of that in the astral world, but not nearly as effectively. So some people of different uh, languages can actually speak to each other using uh, this concept of just hearing the mental uh, thought forms directly instead of the symbology through our physical ears and then trying to convert it in our physical brain to our astral brain into our mental brain. Those are, that's a very, uh, you can't use that in the physical world for most people. And it's difficult. It's, it, there's a time delay in that very accurate in the, in the astral world unless you're in the higher subworld. But in the third, second, first subworld, it's not too hard to do. You can actually get away with it. But here, you know, it's almost impossible to do the same thing. I think I'm freaking out one of my light bulbs in here. It's weird. I'm making it go crazy. How do you like that? Okay. <laughs> Maybe it's not me. And uh, so, let's let's talk about this. This is so fascinating. It it actually is possible to directly communicate with people through the uh, mental lines, but most people don't. Some people do. People who think in light because their minds are so close to each other are able to communicate this way. That's why in the higher sub-world, particularly the second and the first in the astral world, somewhat in the third, People can use this method of communication because they're thinking more in light. If you don't think in light because your minds are thinking in different uh, different frequencies, in different ways, then communication is going to be much harder when people people don't speak the same actual language. So that's the difference. All right. So what is what is this historical difference? Back in the days of the third race of people called the Lemurians, before that, the first two races were not dense physical. They exist in physical form, so we don't we don't know much about them, and they're not in, in spiritual terms. They're usually not described. They couldn't create a physical civilization because they weren't physical; they were etheric. And but uh, the uh, the people who lived. After them, the Lemurians, they did. They had an etheric and a physical body. As those two bodies came together and worked better and better together, they used the uh, seventh uh, ray lower sense of the lower mental body to hear. That was their first understanding of other people's thought forms. And they could understand people's thought forms, and then they can switch to but they weren't able to use them together, communication. So it's a little weird by our standards, but they couldn't speak and 
listen at the same time, and some people still can, by the way, which is maybe better for them. But the most fascinating thing about this, and this is really fascinating, to me anyway, is what they would do is they would listen, they would not speak for seconds, which would probably drive most people mad today. I mean, like maybe 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 seconds, it could be that long, and then they would speak. You see remnants in this in some um, more antiquated and very uh, ancient peoples. There are very few of them left in the world today, but if you read about them from 100 to 500 years ago, where they were discovered in parts of South America, Borneo, New Guinea, and that place, those places, then the people of then would communicate in this way. Nobody quite understood why they would do that. When they were talking in their own languages, they would speak, another person would listen, and there would be a gap. That would speak, that would nothing. And 15 seconds later, the other person would speak, you listen, gap. And you might say, well, that sure wastes a lot of time. Yeah, it does. But that was because their senses were not unified and more, they were more separated as the Lemurians because they were throwbacks. Those are degenerated uh, groups of people that really don't exist anymore. They're, they're gone, uh, for the most part. There might be a couple playing here and there, but they're gone. And so, but we do have some history accounts of this. So just so you don't think I'm completely crazy, <laughs> you can go check this out. You'll find that there were some accounts that people actually that you found people speaking this way. They couldn't figure it out. They said, well, maybe we're stupid, or maybe they had some defect in their uh, brains. And, you know, they, they didn't know what it was. Well, I'm explaining it to you. But this, is, this was the normal way that the early Lemurians spoke. Now, it might have been a challenge for us <laughs> to go back there and have any kind of conversations with them, because it would be very difficult to say the least. Okay. But we still could do it. Right? Then the other part of it is that over time, towards the, as you move towards the six sub-races in Lemurians, they got very good at combining the two, just the way we are. And they could um, speak and uh, listen uh, within fractions of a second back and forth, similar to the way we do today, because they joined those two senses together. And as a matter of fact, the six sub-races did a fine job with that. So even when the seven sub-races went kind of dark, and uh, caused some damage to this area. Uh, it wasn't so bad that it became a lasting effect. And so it stayed with us, the, the good part, the main part of us until today. We still have that, those two senses joined together. That's wonderful. While they didn't, the Lemurians did not join together, the sixth. Uh, sense of touch, mental touch now, with the fourth ray sense. So when they spoke to each other, communicated, what they couldn't do is they could they could feel the forces of 
uh, something not being true for them. That's true. That's the right touch thing. But they weren't immediately recognizing. It would take them a time to reflect on. And they would spend a lot of time, the spiritual disciples and the six of us would spend a lot of time, like 20 minutes, reflecting on a conversation they had with someone to understand where the things were wrong in the other person's thought process that wasn't creating light, that was creating forces in their thought. And this is how they would deal with it. Well, it's a lot of reflection time if you're having communications with people all day long. And so it wasn't the, um, it, it, it didn't work as well until the Atlanteans combined those two senses together and as they did that in the mental senses, these are lower mental senses now, uh, they could communicate back and forth and they can, they could um, feel the forces, literally, in their mental thinking when people were not telling them the truth. And they, at the same time, could figure out ways to, re- to say things, to find where areas where their thought was truthful to the other people's thought or vice versa, and bring them closer together and communicate them back almost uh, uh, momentarily, like within a few seconds, instead of 20 minutes, until the conversations grew the consciousness of the people better, and they were better balanced in a more spiritual pro- approach in trying to communicate with other people. Actually, it's more loving, too. They were giving to other people better. That, the, the, the Atlanteans uh, did that in their second subrights. And so they did it earlier than the Lemurians did in their subrights. And they kept the uh, Lemurian uh, already joining of the senses, which is good. So they were able to find examples and concepts Express them back and forth, and determine whether the others were other people were speaking truth or not, and to know when they were creating truth themselves, especially with the sixth and the fourth together, then they could determine what they were saying was it truthful, not just what they were hearing from other people. So that is a really good thing that was added to the mental equipment of human beings. Hmm, pretty good. Now, some of you are probably saying, uh-oh, we're in the, we're in the fifth root right now. What about that lower mental sense you were talking about, the Ajna Center? Perhaps, you, know, and you didn't even talk about the spiritual ones. Oh, I'm going to get to that. Don't worry. We've got a long enough show. I'm taking it slow. This is not an easy subject. A lot of thought forms explaining a lot of things that people are quite unfamiliar with. Okay. So, so you get to the, you get to the, the fifth raid lower mental science that uses the lower mental agent center, uh, which is part of the mental unit, but it's now it's a whole different ball game because it, it's communicating with the first and second parts of the personality directly to some extent. And this is a whole other uh, kind of advanced thinking. You can now a person can think ahead of time before communicating, can think what another person is going to say before communicating, and see whether it would be truthful, and at the same time calculate the level of truth and see how much a light percentage wise is increased through some types of thinking versus others. This can it can only be done when you ask.
they could tell if something really was bit off on Trooper, but the overall level and the kind of Trooper, just untruth, they, they couldn't, that was not their thing. And they could live with fairly, well, not huge, but fairly large amounts of untruth, provided that, um, that their astral bodies were um, um, feeling okay about it. And because they were comorbidically connected, unfortunately, there were two selfish to join their spiritual astral senses with their physical, with their mundane ones. And the results were disastrous for them in some ways because they didn't have a good bellwether of what uh, people's mental bodies were doing in comparison to their astral, and they got fooled by that, or they fooled themselves. They would say things that by our standards today seem disingenuous, even wrong. And they thought didn't see anything wrong with it. I gave some examples in my opinion about this. And and so and but to them it seemed completely normal. Like, hey, I got it. I got what's happening and it's okay, you got it. They didn't get it. They just thought that it's okay to say two things that really don't make a lot of sense together as long as everybody was okay with it. You feel good, I feel good. Hey, okay, it doesn't make any sense, but it's all right. We can live with it. <laughs> There's your Atlantean folk, us in earlier incarnations, of course. So, I mean, the strangest thing about this is that we today are intolerant to this. We all have to hypocrite. Ah, oh, that person is saying two things that don't make any sense. But we are different. We think more truthful. Greater levels of light, because the more these senses are brought together, the light goes together. Some people have joined these five lower senses of the lower body, the mundane senses, and they uh, may be very good at discerning truth or falsity in that which they hear from others. That's, that's a good thing. There's nothing wrong with that. Except there's something way better. And what's way better is that there's two other senses now. I'm going to bring those in. I brought a little history in that last thing. And that's where we're headed. To use these two lower senses to not try to build more of our lower self, which all these other senses are building the lower self in a mental unit. They're making our personality say, oh, my self is growing. Hey, I know who I am. I'm becoming more of me. Someone, someone, it's all wonderful. It's me, and I love me. But they don't necessarily love everybody else. And more importantly, they aren't trying to help other people create. They want truth in their own minds because the Ajahn Center kind of forces them to feel that way. I don't want those forces by having too much untruth in my mind. Not everybody does. There's some people who don't care how much forces they got in their mind. They don't say or do anything to do get what they want. But that's a different story. But others are trying to create truth for others. Now that gets back to what I said at the end of the last session. section. We are Sometimes you have to literally tell people things that are untrue in order to get them to become more truthful. But it also is at a front to this very sense, the Isaac Center sense, 
Some people refuse to do that. Those are the folks that are running around and saying, well, I don't know why you can't hear me. This is the truth. And if you don't like it, I mean, you're doing it. Well, they're not really trying to help anybody find the truth. They're just saying, I'll tell you the truth and that's it. And it's really a form of egotism that causes people to do that. It's a selfish mental position that causes people to think that way. If you're unselfish, you actually may cause some slight harm to your Ajna Center in creating untruth while you create a greater truth the light in the lower mind by creating examples of concepts that build more of God, God's thought, light, in other people's minds that helps them to think more of truth in the future. Not about what you're talking about right now, but overall, a way of helping to build them up so they can get to the truth, understand the truth, and create more of it, that's the second and first ways, uh, that are included within the mental unit, that are the part of the personality that comes from touching into the soul, which we're going to get to in a, minute, in a few minutes. So don't worry about it. I'm just bringing it up right now. So you're helping people to think a bit more as a soul when you lie to them so that they'll hear you, so that they will change their senses and open up enough so they create more truth in themselves. Tell me that doesn't sound like somebody just said something crazy. Okay. Sometimes that's true. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes you don't have to. Sometimes you just have to be patient and discuss things uh, ad ignosium uh, with people until they, they get it. But that's okay. It's better to do that than trying just to only lie to people because if on the mind, you're giving up on the fact that they have any chance of, in the immediate moment, changing. A lot of people can change. Then I don't suggest to use any interest to just try to get them to move along. But it depends on how much they're being affected by the dark side. If they can't see the darkness, then you've got to be really careful. Uh, the traps are all over the place. And it's too hard. You can't get people to see the traps because they can't see the darkness. So you, you kind of, then you're going to have to tell them only partial truths because they won't hear anything else. Okay, so get to the, to the bigger part of it. This is the interesting part. The lower mind is just a bunch of examples, they're called thought of concepts. What's a concept? A concept is the moving structure, the moving structure, the formula in movement. Not that, not a thing anymore. It's not a thing. Thought form is a form. Concept is something different than a form. It's a structure of movement, or it's a mathematical formula. It's a way of understanding a principle, a general statement, a general idea. Ways is a good word for the age of wisdom because ideas are something else. But in most people's vernacular, they would say that. Of of how something is conceived. The conception of something is based upon formulation in the mental body. And all of higher mental thinking is done in conception, not in forms. You know, little pieces of thought forms connected to another. So there's no language that we understand, language, that is pure thought form. I mean, that is pure concept. In order to communicate in concepts only, you have 
to start building up a thing called uncontrolled intuitive responses. And people can do that. And as you do that, you develop the ability to directly communicate some concepts to people. But for all intents and purposes, that is infrequent for most people and very seldom done. So then how do we get concepts? We get concepts by seeing a picture of a formula. We actually construct the formula in our head. And then we use the formula to make examples for our life. That's what we do all over the place. And concepts have several different categories. The lowest category of concepts is in the third uh, tier, or third part, third subplane of the middle world. And those concepts are all, all of them, uh, concepts that deal with some element of a lower self. Some element. Uh, the ones that are the three lowest uh, out of seven, which we will call the fifth, sixth, and seventh sub-sub-planes, <laughs> okay. those only deal with the lower self. So they're directly connected into the personality, uh, into the third part of the personality, the third, the third sub-sub-plane of the personality and the fourth sub-plane, with that connected to that's the part that that's the part that communicates that connected to the self, right? And the self's right below it in the fourth subplane, right in the center of the middle world. And the lower self is the part who says, "Now what? It's me. I'm here. Aha! Uh-huh. I know me. I'm right here in the mirror. I can look at me, and there I am. Yeah, that's that's us, right? That's." All of the concepts that are constructed from the fifth, sixth, and seventh sub-subplanes of the third subplane in the conceptual world, all of the conceiving that is done there is in some way connected to our lower self and to the third part of the personality, which is what most people would would call that part is like the kind of the brain part. It's not really the brain, but it's kind of like the part that does a lot of the processing connected with the self, with lower concepts, and with suffer. So it's, 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 a, like a, it's a really big part of us. We use it the most all the time. Okay. If you're not spiritual, this is where you live, pretty much. Now, there is an additional part that a lot of people still live, and uh, even if they're not living a disciplined spiritual life, that they have some goodness in them, they're not evil, for sure. And that part is the first through fourth sub-sub parts or sub-sub planes of the third subplane. Those are still personal uh, concepts but they're personal concepts that involve some part of the higher self, some part of the part of our soul that thinks for of others. And so we're trying to get something for ourselves, but we're also trying to give something to others at the same time. And if you think in the concepts that are formulated there, 
And most people have the ability to use all seven of those parts of the higher conceptual mind that is on what is known as the third tier or third subplane of the mental world. Most of us use that all the time, really. And the parts that are the giving parts, those are the parts where we usually think of ourselves being virtuous. Oh, I did something for such and such the other day. Of course, unfortunately, it avows the personality and the self. And the self has got, you know, kind of like all of this wrapped up in what is known as hypocrisy. It's it's about, yeah, I'll get something, I'll give you something as long as I can get something in return. Okay. So it's about the lower self and the personality, which is all wrapped up in the fourth subworld, the top of it, though. That's where the mental unit is. And is in form. So we always want to get something in form from the thinking that happens on the third subplane of the mental world. We want something, and it's going to be a form. Now, what is a form in terms of mental form? Well, the mental form to us has to add to us in our ability to think for and with ourselves. Okay. And it has to be something tangible uh, in the astral world or physical world while we're astrally or physically alive as well. So we've got to get something all the way through. And if we're not going to get it where our consciousness is located, then we may choose not to think uh, for others, helping others in any way. Maybe fully self. And a lot of people struggle with this issue. As a matter of fact, our world is struggling with it. And the dark side uses this against us all the time. Okay. Then what about the second subplane where the soul is? The soul's right in the center of the second subplane. It's where it's located. It's surrounded by energy fields called the lotus. Uh, some of it is, uh, comes from... Uh, its initial existence as a soul, and it's created from soul group souls from lower, uh, from lower life forms, and actually lower animal life forms. And then um, it also gets it from its helping, uh, we'll say, alter ego, which is the higher self, which comes from the solar angel, some people call it that, or the inner guide, like that word.
That's the part where you're sharing your lower self with some higher self stuff is because of the conscience itself. The conscience comes from the soul. From the soul angel. That's where it comes from. Too complicated to explain how that works, but there is a whole system to explain it. All right, so here's the fascinating part about this part. It's already probably confusing half the listeners. Because there's a lot of there's a lot of pieces that there's too many moving parts. It's remember it's the mental world where everything is structured and every part of the thing is of something else and get it ten of it. You know, it, it's confusing, yes, but it's the way our mind our mental minds work. So we've got to talk about Alright, so in the second sub world things are different because that's where the soul is. Hey it has energy fields. Each energy field uh, it has to do with one of the sub-subplanes of the uh, of the second subplane, and uh, it's contributing exclusively, exclusively to the higher self, the development of the higher self. So if you get there, so to speak, and think from concepts that you conceive of thought from where the soul more or less hangs out because it could be lower, slightly lower, so slightly higher than where the soul exactly um, But because the energy fields are all connected together. As you think there, you start uh, sharing your thought with the soul itself and the solar angel okay, and other souls and solar angels to some extent. And the amazing thing is the lower self fuses with the higher self, and the personality starts to fuse with the soul. Because the personality is more energy. The soul is balanced in energy and spirit, and the personality is more energy than spirit. And the spirit part of the personality is the self, the lower self. But there's less of it in thought than there is in the personality itself. But it's an interesting thing how it all goes together, joins together. And as it joins together, new, greater levels of light enter into the situation. Remember, if you're only thinking from the third subplane, the conception there, the conceived thoughts there, the formulated thoughts, are only of a version of light that is much less than the light of God which sometimes is referred to as the light of the, of the rain lord, which is found at the very atomic, very top-top level of the middle. That's the pure light of mental thought, and that light, that light creates the ultimate of truth. But very few human beings presently think in that light. We're kind of a, a mishmash. Bring it all together, pieces here, pieces there, of different versions of light. When we are creating virtue at all, and most of the time we're actually not, um, it's it's all these different lower versions of light. That makes us kind of unique, but also far less in truth, because truth is the virtue of the middle one, far less in than we could be, than our soul is when it's thinking, but the soul only thinks when it can think in this truth. The soul sleeps, 
the rest of the time. As far as our life is concerned, it does have a life of its own at a certain point when it can think more of the time than not, it can interact with other souls and help to create new human beings collectively together. The only other way it can do that is with the help of the solar angel, and it's always a second fiddle to the solar angel in earlier development. So it doesn't have a full life until we are really well along along the way in creating virtue, and it can, independent of the solar angel, uh, have its own interactions with other souls. But that's, that's very later. Life. All because the conceptions of the soul are from the second subworld, where all of the thoughts have to be about how to serve others and help them to create truth, and the other two major virtues, which is certain types of love, called conditional love, and cooperation and sharing, which happens to be where we are right now. In the physical world, love is part of the astral So those are the virtues there, and on the astral plane, I mean, on the, in the metaphor, excuse me, the truth is, I mean, the virtue is truth. I'll get it. The words are getting kind of too fast for me. Okay. The virtue is truth. And maybe that was a sign like it's probably getting hard to speak, so I should do one of these. Hold on. But you, I'll not only speak better and louder from that, but I, my thoughts won't be going faster than my speech because my speech is never hampered. Okay. So, interesting how the whole system's got to work together, even when you're doing a, doing a radio and TV show. I know people are watching. So, uh, the, the interesting thing here is that the way, way the system works is, although it's kind of complicated, it's really understandable. It's like, well, as long as you can add up all the different things, you can figure out how it's working. And that's true. So the truth is discoverable by adding together all the different components of the truth. And the truth is some level of light. And the level of light starts with the light of the lower self, which is very low and not very much uh, truth. And it gradually grows until you reach to the very top of the middle world, where the truth is the truth at that moment for all of the beings that can think of truth at that level, in that time. Here's the little thing that most people don't realize. The light of the, of the ray lord is growing. It grows in time as more beings, especially souls and solar angels think in truth. But the soul and solar angel are hampered because they have almost no information about the lower three worlds, the lower mental, the astral, and the physical, where the incarnates they help to create have to go and create truth themselves and share that eventually with them so that truth grows all the way back up. And this is called the principle of the lower us controlling them, which are the soul, solar angel, and ray lord, and beyond, higher beings too. All that is controlled by how much we are going to create of truth while we incarnate in those lower worlds. 
starting to make some sense here. That truth isn't just instantly, there it is, because there's the Ray Lord, and he knows the truth, right? No, the Ray Lord really is a creator, too. It's trying, it's creating through all these beings, and it has to create truth by the, all the lower beings, way lower than it is, creating light in the lower worlds so that God can grow. Because we are here to participate in the growth of life so that it will become more spiritual, spiritual, which means it's going to have to use the first and second senses of the highest thought, which is understanding. It's the heart chakra sense. And then after you understand God, God's thought, and for that realm, now we're talking about the mental world, and then you have to know how to create more truth in higher and higher ways in the mental world by under, by not just understanding about God, but by co-creating with God so that life grows most, and the most life you, you need to grow is the highest life available, which includes humans, souls, solar energy. That's who we're working with as extensions of God. Eventually, back to the Ray Lord, the being that, uh, as an extension of God, created the entire dimension. It's like a, a, a sub-part of God. It's all correspondences of similar things to what our senses are like. Wow. I find this very fascinating. You know, I know it's a little complicated, and I, I haven't done a show exactly like this because it's too complicated. But I'm trying. I'm going to the extra length to see if we can get a handle on this. So many people say, well, you say Obama isn't telling the truth. How do you know? Because I can sense the forces that evil are creating, and I'm getting around the traps. Most people don't. They they have their own issues with egotism or arrogance and or the traps of already blinded them. Their senses aren't working right there. They've been mesmerized. And worse than that, they also have been damaged. So they have been brainwashed. <laughs> oh, yeah. And the same words are used over and over again. Oh, it's just a scam. They're just scamming you. Don't believe what they're saying. Oh, I didn't do that. I didn't say that, even though I said it yesterday. I didn't say that. I just don't remember what I said. Let me, let me tell you what I said so that you will remember. Okay, this is what I'm hoping, that we can see ourselves through some of what I'm talking about this evening. All right, so the truth changes. Truth is like, technically, it's at this moment. Every moment there could be a greater truth, although the fact is that human thought, which is the most critical element here, humans are the highest fully connected thinking beings of that exist in the middle world because they're connected to the astral and the physical at some parts of their existence and they can really make a difference. They are so critical. And it's what humans are doing that makes the difference. You can say, well, you got all those solar angels that are really brilliant and all this stuff that can work consciously, but they're not living here in the physical world. What can they do? Not a lot. Same with our soul. Not a lot. It's us. It's open 
to our position. We must create truth. Human beings, the challenge is here, and in this world, one out of trillions, probably, um, we are doing so under some of the worst hindrances to creating truth. There have been so many failures, there's been so much problem, and the system was designed to allow evil to come in and do its worst. What? Who created that idea? Well, we're in experiment. If, if we succeed, we've come up with new ways to beat evil in the mental world, which is really what it's all about. If we don't succeed, then even then, there'll be something to learn from it for another planet to give it a try. But we are so important because we've taken on a huge problem. The problem is that evil tends to win by force, uh, and that uh, humans are intolerant of the forces and give up their senses to not feel them, especially mentally. And they do so without even recognizing they're giving up anything because they don't notice their mental senses very much. Maybe you will now, and that will help. That's why I'm saying, hello, hello, you got senses. Because most people are insulted at the minimum and become highly obstinate to giving up sense once they recognize that's what they're doing. And once they can feel some of the forces, they fight. They don't just all run away. Now, in the physical world, that isn't entirely true. And in the astral world, it's less. But in the mental world, you've got a good chance to win it. That's why you want to fight your battles in the mental world, because humans have a better chance. physical world, it's very hard to win in a battle of forces, because when you lose, you die. Or you get tortured. Or some other terrible kind of outcome. And you don't just lose senses in like, oh, some esoteric, I've lost some of my, my thinking capacity in this particular way. Now you're losing an arm or a leg that's connected to the sense, and sometimes you lose an organ and then other kinds of things. Or how about an eye and a, you know, a sensory organ? And, and those are not good things. And people get fearful of it. It reminds them of death. And even if they don't die, and if they, the fear of death is the greatest part. The fear of suffering to get to death is another part of it. And certainly losing your, your organs of your senses is not great. And losing the sense itself is terrible. And on that. So this is how evil has really managed to scare everybody else. Let somebody else deal with it, not me. I don't want to deal with that. It's too scary. Well, yeah, and you see where you end up. It's not too good. All right, so that's our our issue, is that uh, truth has to be uh, given the prominence of of importance to a person so that they're willing to face all their other fears and resistances uh, in the lower world, and then in the middle world, they've got to be tenacious to say truth is really worth fighting for. Believe it or not, only probably 15% of the population are close to that level of, of thinking. That's the tough part. 
people say, well, why is everybody asleep? Why aren't they doing anything? Well, because they haven't, they don't recognize what they're losing until it's gone. And when it's gone, they can't recognize what they're losing because what's gone is the sense of it. In part, that's what they lost. They also lost freedom. They become enslaved. But, but that's only, you know, that's like long run way down the line. I won't notice it. But the loss of sense can be a very big factor. A very big factor. What are those some of the clues of loss of senses? So we can talk about that as we move into our third part of the show. Well, one of the clues is that you become less productive. And in terms of economy, you know, and here in the physical world, that declines. You know that uh, uh, the structure around a person in the mental sense is falling into darkness. Uh, when people's production of things in the physical world is reduced. We call it economy. So that the economies of countries go down, the economies of individuals go down, people make less money and less efficiently, people find it harder to create anything in the physical world, almost anything. So the results are uh, are pretty disastrous from the standpoint of creating civilization and a, uh, a society, especially technologically, that is going to work for people. In today's world, that's true. So you've, you've got this um, this feedback that we're not noticing. But if you notice how many people are working and how many people are um, producing goods and services and at what rate and how many people are living in a certain standard of living, if those things are dropping, or if and or if unemployment is going up, uh, you've got a bad stew, and it comes from light. It comes from a lack of light in the mental world. It's a pretty serious problem, and it stems from the leadership and. It's built into governments, but it isn't always caused by governments. But right now, right here in the United States, it is. Now, what's the exception when it's not caused by governments? Because we are complex beings. We're built in so many different ways. You can't just say, well, the government did this, so everybody's screwed up. Uh, people can screw up in a, in a whole bunch of different ways, and if you collectively bring them together, which is not as grossly powerful as the government might be, but uh, it still could add up to a kind of very bad situation. And it has happened now. Uh, when we had monopolies, that was part of a, a problem that was going on. So now with that dealing more with the third and seventh, Way, way, ways of building civilization and businesses. It was supposed to not be allowed because it was known that that would create these kinds of problems. But worry about it. And the truth got hidden for a while, but not very long. But attached to the solution was to use government to run people's lives and eventually control, over-control everything. And that truth will be destructive. And it's doing what it's doing today. But remember that my explanation of this is that the leader and leaders chosen by the leaders 
because he doesn't like Earth. <laughs> so, destroy the United States. We're the leading country. You destroy pretty much Earth. He's evil. That's what evil wants to do. But he, he has an agenda different somewhat from evil because he would like to see the whole planet just go away. Evil would like to keep the planet and have it grow and use it as a model for the planet. But that's not Obama's position. Obama just likes to get rid of Earth and be done. That's great. And there's a reason for it, but I'm not going to go into that tonight. I'll tell you what some of them are. So, here we go. What's going on here? We've got uh, people losing the ability to discern truth. Right? Isn't that what I just described? Their senses are being slaughtered, destroyed, impinged on. Now, can that continue? Yeah, it could continue until there's nothing left. But usually what happens is other senses come into play. The mental sense may not be working very good, but how your physical sense is doing when you don't have any money or when you're losing things or when it's too hard to keep your business going or it's too hard to work with somebody else. Or how is it doing when the emotive aspects of life are gone? Most of your desires cannot be met, so the glamorous are being a problem. And worse than that, Love is gone. Everybody is hating everybody else because one person or group is pinched against another. Because the truth of cooperation and sharing, which is supposed to be there, is gone. Instead, we're going to redistribute all things till there's nothing and everyone is inspired. Because that's what happens. If you tax someone 100 cents on the dollar, you're not going to get any taxes because that person's not going to work. If you tax them one seventy cents on a dollar, they're going to work a quarter of the time. Now, why do you say that? Why, why do you think? Why do you think that I think that? Well, why do I think that? Is a better way to put it. It's it's simple. Why waste your time working for more, working more for less? People are only encouraged to work when the benefits of their own labors as individuals are increased. If you decrease individuality, you you decrease productivity over time. Regardless of the utopians who believe in communism or progressivism, it's just not, that's just the way it is. So the more someone gets the fruits of their labor, the more they're willing labor further, but the quality of the labor is the most important thing because they become more truthful in their mind and more creative, and eventually they start creating for others' benefits. They aren't just selfishly creating, which is some of the nonsense that was thought about three or four hundred years ago and became part of progressivism. That's not true. Those are not true ideas. They are wrong. But they were the beginning of capitalism when everybody was thinking in much more selfish ways and wasn't there weren't enough people thinking in higher self ways to prove other other than some kind of pie in the sky ideas. Now we can see that that is true, that people do do wonderful things. And and, and oftentimes as their selves become higher selves. But to become a higher self they go through a stage where they are selfish, there's no question of that. But the selfishness still builds the lower self, not just of themselves, but all the 
with them or the people they interact with. So it's part of the process. It's part of growing us. And if we understand that, and we realize that's the truth, then we don't fall into the trap that we must redistribute all the wealth because anybody who has more than somebody else uh, doesn't deserve it because because we're all one. But we're not all one. We're individual. And if you go against the principle of individuality, you reduce humans to animals and you enslave them. That's what evil seeks to do. And that's what we're finding. We're finding that somewhat that lie. That lie is all over the place. People feel guilty because they earned too much money last year. People feel guilty because they produced too much. But what did I just tell you? Production is one of the ways you measure whether truth is going up or down. It's not the only one, but it is a may, it is a way of measurement. For particularly in the physical world, that's true. Not so much in the astral world, but here, yeah. And yet we can't see that because we've been brainwashed. Some people, and because the senses are damaged at the point where the truth is just not getting through. It's a terrible thing, I, I know. It's not one that I appreciate. And uh, I want to do something to change it, which is going to be pretty much the rest of tonight's show. Hold on for one second. It's about that time again. Get the voice going again? Okay. So what can we do then to change some of this? Because I want to change it. I hope that at this point, I know it's way more about the subject I can talk about, but it would take months to explain all of the stuff behind the senses and the truth and everything else. And I, you know, there's courses that I teach on this that takes years for people to learn about, at least a year, sometimes more than a year. And so, it, it, and I have a textbook, etc. Yeah, but but that that is not what we're here for tonight. About tonight, we're just trying to get a basic understanding of creating truth in the mind. And so we're going to move on to this next section where it's going to be about what we can do right now to do something about it, right? Okay. Well, I already said earlier that for some of the world, probably most of uh, the people who are progressives and Democrats uh, in general, but not everybody like that, and anyone who certainly isn't to, you know, communism or colonial communism or otherwise, uh, people who are very, very strong uh, into the McCarthy, uh, not just progressive general, but we'll call it both social and political progressivism. Those folks uh, probably cannot uh, have a open-minded uh, discussion with people who are open-minded. So the open-minded people, unfortunately, are going to have to tell those folks half-truths, or we'll call them untruths with some truth, to explaining what what we know about them, but in ways so that they buy little pieces of it. Some of it will definitely not be true, be just fabricated completely. That the other person will have to think about strong enough to see something that's wrong with it, but at the same time see what's wrong with their own thinking. So that they can come back and argue something else or discuss something else 
that is more open-minded than that part. We do this all the time. Anytime you say, well, I couldn't really tell the truth, so I told you this or that, because that's all I could hear. That's what you're doing. That's what you're doing. I'm just suggesting that this has to be a mode of operation. That means we have to look at people not being all the same. We have to say some people are so close-minded, are so egotistical, that we have to do this to help them. Now, what about the arrogant folks? Those people almost have to be written off. You've got to just, just about let them go. When does a person prove they're arrogant? Well, when their hostility is such that they're trying to destroy deliberately your ability to communicate truth or to think at all, and those people, you're not going to go and just try to work them through it because they're not workable. Then they are technically an enemy, and then you will go through, that would be a different show than tonight, how to deal with people who are in that particular position. But the general case is that you just try to get as many people revived that are, you know, resuscitate their mental abilities enough so that they can sense the lack of truth in the world and create more in their own mind and then start helping others to do it for themselves. Uh, and recognize that people have to do it for themselves. You can't force people to think anyway. If you do, that's what evil does. It uses forces. You don't want to get into the force business. You want to get into the consciousness business. Elevate the consciousness of those people who are willing to go along with you on it, even if you have to tell them some things that are only partially true and you have some untruths in it. And get them to the point where they are thinking more in life than not, closer to the light of the time. It's an absolute truth at the time, but it's going to change next minute or next tomorrow or whatever. Get them closer to that, so that they uh, are less of a hindrance for themselves and everything else, and they're starting to contribute to the mental world the development of light. That's what we're all here trying to do, right? Okay. So that's the general principle. One of the suggestions I have has to do with the methodology of teaching. Uh, as uh, you know, I'm against the idea of teaching people core stuff, like, like the Obama administration is trying to push, which is basically uh, trying to tell people what's right and wrong, that this is our method and their method is almost completely against the truth. So it's a method to diminish the sense, the mental sense of people, and reduce their ability to think. I suggest the reverse of this, that schools be opened up that are similar to schools in the first astral subworld, where people are given the ability to not only learn core understandings of quote-unquote um, present level of truth, and it should be presented to them. This is the present level of what we believe to be or think to be true, but that may change tomorrow. And tomorrow's assignment is for you to try to think of ways that are beyond this level of thought based upon these particular problems with God that this particular level of thought isn't working on. Pick, a level, pick one and see if you can come up with a solution. The solution might be not tomorrow, but next month, or whenever you, you believe is reasonable, to work on this one. And that would be the way 
do get some basic understandings of what other people believe to be true, but not everybody are going to coincide. And then you give them the problems that are, aren't working based upon any of the levels of truth that are attempted. So the truth isn't understood. It isn't, hasn't been created yet. Now work on creating more truth. And that it can be done individually and also in small groups of people, you know, within a class or whatever. And uh, so and you use a class because so everybody at least has the foundation they need from what they've learned before to use. But that foundation isn't going to be the solution because the solution has to be created. A new truth has to be created. Greater than any truth yet because it's about some problem that has to be solved. Now, this is used quite effectively in the first half of some world, but the people that are using it there are also spiritual. So part of this issue has to be helping people on the most basic level to find God. It won't work with people who are atheists. You can't use the method I just suggested with people who say God doesn't exist because they're not using the first and second parts of their senses in any of the three bodies to find God or to co-create with God on a conscious level. They may do a little subconscious because they're not completely atheistic, but if they are completely, then that's probably not doing any of that. It's using their mundane senses in each of the three bodies. And what that leads to is great frustration and even rebellion on the part of the personnel. And why would that happen? Why, just because a person has a, we'll call it a progressive, highly progressive viewpoint, would they rebel against using their spiritual senses in any of the three bodies or more, um, why would they rebel? Because the personality wants control. And he believes that if it isn't in control, using the paradigm that there is no God to help it, because if there's no God, then the only way it controls itself is by achieving a uh, we'll call it protection from the ultimate, which is death. How do you protect yourself from death? Well, you can't ultimately, so you have to accept that you're going to eventually die. But you're trying to promote as much as possible. You're having control over everything, so you live as long as possible, which includes dictating to everybody else how they have to live so it doesn't interfere with what you believe is going to be your needs so that you can attain the most amount of everything you want to get in the most longest lived life possible, the fullest amount of whatever you want in that life. You see how it works. It's all around the world itself, of course. And it's, uh, it's based upon pure selfishness. I mean, just literally. And so in those circumstances, when a person is faced with being told, well, that isn't the way the world works and we're not going along with your plan, they become hostile, even rebellious, even, we'll say, they might become militant, maybe deadly. All because 
they believe that their model for life is the only one that gets them what they believe they both desire and must have. And because our model of life does not include God, uh, it has a uh, hollowness and a sense of great fear. Now, there's another side to this. I've been talking about progressives. But what about people who are extremists and believe that God does exist, but only the God that they perceive based upon some arcane and oftentimes crazy ideations of the controlling nature of God. So instead of the personality controlling, they substitute their, I'll call it fake, God, but if they think it's real, uh, it is an ageless wisdom perceptual field God, but it's their God, and their God controls everything more than they could ever control, and they just obey that notion by forcing others to obey their God. You see, but their God is really not a God by ageless wisdom definition, which is a being that is seeking for everything to be more an individual and co-create with it. Their God is a tyrant that seeks to force everybody to think, function, and interact the same way. Yeah, it's a, it's a terrible thing. And those kinds of thoughts uh, have captured, unfortunately, over a billion people on our planet now, to some level. Some of them, probably about half or less, are extremists in that. So when we get to these, these thought processes, we're starting to see that this is a really serious problem because these people don't just believe that they will force other people based upon their needs or wants of their own self. They now believe that they have the right to uh, interfere with everybody else based upon what God, their God, has, through usually people, through people, said they should do. And this puts it on a whole different level. It means that um, atrocities against all unimaginable levels of destruction are acceptable because they're being done for God in God's name, under God's wrath, under God's tutelage, under God's edicts. It's all being done because God told them so. And, uh, of course, it's no different than the devil told them so. It's no different than what is evil. By definition, such a God, as I just described, is virtually identical to what evil is. So, progressivism is on a sliding scale, could be part of what I just described, but it usually doesn't get to the highest levels of evil that you get to when you get to be an extremist. Now, there are progressive extremists, just so you understand. There are progressive uh, communists and progressive... I mean, there's uh, extremist communists. There's extremists uh, in, in virtually every issue. 
it also could be an extremist in capitalism, where capitalism is used, at least as a name, to do atrocities in its life. So anytime you get to these viewpoints, what you've really done is you have wiped out the truth almost completely out of your life script and that of other people, and you just live a, a, a life of force and a life in which truth is, is gone. And you don't allow people to think in truth. You don't allow people to find truth. You punish people who try to, and you may destroy people who continue to when fought against with some force. And they just say, well, it's better they're dead. Okay. And this kind of thinking is not that uncommon in this world because evil has such a strong foothold over truth. When truth is comes out, when, it, when the light comes out, evil, the first thing that evil finds it can't do is these levels of extremism. It finds that there's the highest level of resistance to that by even moderately virtuous people. Because those people will join together and fight. That's the good news. The bad news is that those the numbers of those people is less today than it has been in the last over a century. That is not good. So we're on a kind of downward curve with truth being diminished from the levels that it used to be at in the last decades of time. And so this kind of curse of us is now that uh, people are willing to allow the worst atrocities uh, hidden by the greatest lies by those who are most evil, and the results are devastating because so few people will sense the lies because they become senseless to them, and few people will fight for the light and try to bring more light into other people's minds to overcome this great evil that we are experiencing every day at greater and greater levels. It's really happening. Yeah. Okay. How where does where does this lead then in terms of further further education and other things that I'm going to suggest? Well, you can no longer <coughs> excuse me. We can we can no longer uh, justify staying on the sidelines. If you think that that's a possibility, you're grossly in error. We need people to stand up and like almost immediately and be willing to uh, have terrible things happen to them as a result of recriminations by the darkness in other folks. And we need to do this right away. Some of the areas that I suggest, education being one of the first, the other is political stuff. You've got, we all have got to get out and get people to vote for the folks who are seeking truth 
or have spoken to some level and who are uh, not in the business of propaganda and the destruction of truth and a part of evil. We've got to get people to come out and speak it and act it. Now, the action of truth involves even things involving the productive side of things, and it may mean breaking the law, at least on a temporary basis. Don't pay a penny into Obamacare. Wait for the fines to come. And don't give any money voluntarily to it. Let them take it from you. You see, all and that's a yeah. You see, all of these have ramifications. But if everybody does it, then what happens is the exposure of what's wrong with it becomes more evident to the people who don't have enough sense to to be able to get it. So this gives us that opportunity. But you've got to be standing up and taking the chance that there will be recriminations. But fight. Fight with your resistance and fight with your offensive actions that aren't violent. Violence won't help against um, the physical aspects here in this world because the dark side is too good with the forces. So I'm, I'm not suggesting that people say, well, let's go march on Washington and just start shooting up a bit. No, that, that's not going mean, All you would do is be committing suicide, and you would be obscuring the truth, because once darkness wins through force, it wins by increasing the fear in other people to ever attempt to do that again, or anything else. That's the bigger fear. So we don't want to we don't want to get people's fears up about not paying the phones in Obamacare, or not paying, or not getting Obamacare, and, not, and then paying the fines by doing something truly crazy, like let's all go march on Washington and shoot them up. That that would create the disaster that that would we would limit the truth from. And this has been one of the hopes of evil is that people would react this these crazy ways in this time of mental war. If it were physical war, it's a different story. Then, all bets are off. You're fighting at the physical level. Right now, we're done. This war is in the fifth mental world. It's about fighting about what truth really is for the senses of people who are having it damaged. And if you're doing it in a political sense, then, then deal with it mentally. Please do not venture into a physical context. Believe you won't win and it will obscure in other people's minds what could be found to be right later. Okay? So we're on the same page there. I hope people are hearing that. Okay, those are two ways. The education thing I thought was really good. What about the technology side and and uh, the structure of, of the world is this right now. Well, the third ray is becoming crystallized more and more, and it's not growing. It's actually starting to shrink a little bit. And so what, what we need to be doing now is to have simpler, more succinct ways of communicating the issues that are problems, and at the same time make sure that those who are doing communication or have been doing them are getting voice. How do you get voice? You tell other people to listen to it or read this or or to uh, get this article or to uh, listen to this person give a 
another suggestion is that uh, you not participate in uh, the kinds of investments that are totally based upon the system of corruption and dishonesty that's really taking place. On a short-term basis, you might be able to make some money, like in the stock market over the next few months. But it's all going to fall apart. And before you get there, don't be part of that because we don't want more people being hurt by that. We want more people doing things that they have some control over. So use your resources and help other people use their resources on a big scale at least uh, in ways that are somewhat protected from the present ways that things are going to go to hell. And if we can make sure that we are doing that in a way that is, uh, we'll say, working with others together, then uh, this will protect some people from the eventual destruction that we're in for in terms of the economy in general. And it will say certain uh, abuses of technologies as well. And be aware that some technologies are already being abused. You know? I mean, it's, it's just the way it's going to be, continuing to be by the dark side that will happen that way. And there's little we can do about it. It's just something we have to, we have to live with or we won't get very far is the problem. Also, uh, looking at it from a fourth-rate approach, uh, don't buy or spend money on um, hideous, uh, untruthful forms of entertainment or, um, we'll say, quasi-forms uh, of... Uh, uh, interactive kinds of uh, art that are not really beneficial. Art that is ugly, just ignore it. Don't try to destroy it, just ignore it. And, and, and allow yourself to become a, a proffer of beauty. Look for those things that are, that are improving the senses of other people through their own just existence or through other people interacting with them, and promote that. Uh, and just try to boycott those things that are hostile to us, that produce any, in, 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 in any concentrated form a destruction to the mental well-being as well as the astral and physical well-being of people. And there's lots of stuff like that out there. So if you find yourself um, having a choice, Try to take the choice of the enlightenment. Even if you're addicted to video games, give up the addiction if you can, or find some different one, to the games that are destructive and uh, have little or nothing to do with creating anyone. Do this in general with all the elements of what we'll call the expression of fourth right. Also, I suggest trying to help uh, people who are dealing with the fourth way in terms of health to keep that alive. I can tell you it's virtually being destroyed right as I speak to you. The ability to use herbs and all kinds of herbal medicines as I have taught are going away. They're forcing people to not use them because you have to, herbs have to be used together. And in order to use them together, they're taxed by an over-aggressive, very aggressive uh, FDA the point, the way they tax
taxidermist, they make you test them over and over and over and over again, each herb, until the point is that the cost of using more than two or three herbs is so expensive that you won't be able to afford it. But the best formulas use dozens, if not a hundred herbs. But each one would have to be tested in the cost. It, it would cost $500 to get, a, to get like a hundred pills. I'm not exaggerating this. I'm telling you the truth. That's how bad it's getting. And it's all based upon regulation and changes made in the last few years that are coming right now. And then there's Codex, which is going to just outlaw most herbal formulas. All these things are happening as I speak. They are terrible things along this particular ray focus. And we need to do something about it. So the best thing to do is find ways of combining what you can of the herbs that are available and uh, fight against the FDA. So find every way that you can to express yourself that, is, uh, that isn't violent and try to get a change. Only vote for people who are against, reg- against regulation, especially the regulation of the FDA. The FDA... Uh, along with the IRS and a couple other parts of the regulatory system like the EPA, are destroying this country and destroying life. They're direct destroyers of life and economy and production, health. They're very, very bad. And it's getting a lot, lot worse suddenly because uh, of the desperation of the dark side because... They are doing as well as they would like to do, even though they're doing so well. So they always push harder. If they can't get their way, they'll do a little more with less. They'll make themselves more powerful in the process. And people will get more afraid of them, which just increases their power. Their power is averse to the fear of people. The more fear people have, the greater their power goes up. Less the fear people have, their power goes down. All right, so getting to the area of science and uh, some of what we even talked about tonight, recognize that most of science uh, has been taken over by people who are egotistical. Some of it is by people who are arrogant. This problem in science is leading to a reinforcement of a lot of progressive ideas. And what it's doing is it's saying up is down, sideways is no ways, and everything is crazy. This idea that there is this um, insidious uh, about about to destroy the planet, uh, human-created disaster of global warming is nuts. Most of it has been created through life the last 15 years by scientists caught in the world. Is the Earth getting warmer? Yeah. And probably 90% of the plus is from the sun. Of the remaining, maybe 10% or less, China and a few other countries, not the United States, are the main polluters. As our economy goes down, China goes up. There's a direct inverse relationship are even funding our destruction. But in that process, they're building one to two coal plants per week, and we're retiring one coal plant per month. 
do the math. And so nothing we're going to do is going to be of much value other than the fact that coal costs four cents per kilowatt hour, and uh, the next cheapest fuel costs three times that. For some people, this is a devastating situation, particularly where most of the electricity has been coming from coal plants, and their local economy has been dependent upon cheap energy, which is going bye-bye, like overnight. And there won't be enough power. The only thing that will save us is that the economy will drop so fast that we won't use as much power. But if we ever get it back up even a slight amount, we'll be out of power because 40% now of our coal comes from of our power comes from coal. Four years ago, 50% did. So what does that mean? We've already lost 10%. Minus, well, we've increased some of our gas by about 3%, 3 to 4%. So we have a net loss of 6 to 7% for our power. Doesn't sound like a lot, but hey. We were using almost all our power to begin with. That's the scary thing. So science, fake science, is destroying us. Same thing with fracturing and all the other things. You know, those things are, are can be used in both ways. There's no question anything, any technology can be used in both ways. But to eliminate their use, when we have the resources to do it right and to do it in vast amounts more than we need, we can sell stuff, sell oil, or sell gas. It doesn't make much sense. Now, I would love to have everything run off the sun, you know, just have the solar cells, you know, hang them out your window and boom. They're not efficient enough. They need to be at about double the efficiency of today to even compete even compete against the next most expensive fuel, which is nuclear. That's the problem. That, and we're not going to get there. It's, you know, it's it's almost like it's somewhere around 1% per year. So it, it, the best we could do, we could reach maybe that level in 20 years. But we don't have 20 years if we take away all the coal. So then what are we going to do? It's a big problem. It's a huge problem. Doubling, tripling, quadrupling the energy costs will bankrupt what's left of the economy. And most of the economy is gone because of overregulation. And because of destructive policies. These kinds of evils have to be seen. People have to be able to see them. How do you help them to see it? By getting the truth out about the technology so people understand it and what's really happening to the economy from the lies produced and like over-exaggerations and stuff. Some of it's true. Most of it isn't. A small amount may be true, layered with a huge amount of exaggerations behind any belief. All these things that are happening are happening for a purpose. They're destroyed, to destroy first the United States and then this world. It's going to go dark. It's happening as I speak. Six ray. I'm almost out of time. I see that. There's six ray.
deal with the sixth ray in this way. First of all, the sixth ray is the extremism that I talked about. The best way to get around extremism is to first, there you have to fight when they're fighting against you. If you don't fight when they're fighting against you, you will lose. You'll just be blown up and killed and then fight. Now, if you think, well, I don't want to fight someplace else other than my own backyard, well, let me tell you, when they get to your own backyard, you won't be fighting. You'll just be slaughtered. So if you want to wait to then, I'll tell you what. You get everybody else that wants to wait to then, and we'll send you up to a state that we don't need very much anymore. We'll find one. And you can all live there and wait till they come in. And we'll even invite all of them to go back there first. And the rest of the country or world will stand and fight wherever we have to fight first. If we don't fight people that are evil, we won't, we won't win when they decide how and who and when to fight, we'll lose. Okay? We're condemning ourselves to giving up the physical world, and if you give up the physical world, you're giving up the planet. So it, it makes no sense. It's just chicken. It's people who are, who, who are cowards in the face of evil. And they use all kinds of excuses. Okay, but fighting isn't the only answer. Education is. You've got to be more successful. You notice that people become more extreme when we become unsuccessful because of all the evil that's inside what's going on here. So you've got to have a successful country so you have a model and then you educate the people in the other parts of the world non-violently. You do it in a way that is open-minded. You let them think about their extremism, and you give them ageless wisdom principles that they can modify some of their religious fanaticism with and maybe combine them in some ways that will be less extreme. So they don't think that God said they should go off and kill everybody, and maybe they won't go off and kill everybody. That would be a better way of doing it, you know? We would hope, but the interesting thing is you, you, you've you got to combine some of the second-ray approach with the sixth-ray. Those two can work together. And interestingly, those are the two rays of the United States. We are supposed to do that for the rest of the world. That is our mission. As an example, being an example. Don't know if we're going to be... When I say rays of the United States, one is the self, the lower self in personal way which is the sixth, and the other one is the soul ray, which is the second. It's an interesting idea. Not a lot I can talk about right now about that, because we're just about another time. Also, the other factors about religion that would help in building truth, uh, besides educating people about religion in general, about God in general, is also to educate people about all the other elements of everything in the world to get them to see how their extremism about God doesn't fit the truth of other things that are out there. And how could God be so vastly different in the world as we live in it? You see, you need to have an ignorant population that really never faces truth or learns anything about it to be fanatical about a God that is destructive to life and evil. You see what I'm saying? That's what you need and that's what they've got. And we've given it to them in some cases, and we've allowed it to happen in others. 
the last five years particularly on what happened in others. But so there's been a lot of mistakes in it on the part of the United States and other countries like us. I'm not just using I'm saying the United States because that's where I'm at. But uh, many other countries are following suit to this. So some are, are much worse in some ways. Not as bad overall compared to where the United States was in comparison. Okay, finally, the, 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 and I already brought this in, but if we want to bring truth, we need to bring truth in about free markets. If you don't have free market systems, you don't have, in the physical world, freedom, period. We haven't, we found this out, we find it out, and people write books about it, everybody's convinced about it, and then 20 years later, they're off being communist somewhere. You've got to realize that the reason that evil cannot let that stand, and the reason it keeps toppling it over and changing it back to the old thinking, is because we, the physical world is where the battles have been won by evil at times, and where the planet ends if it takes over. Yeah, it, it would like to get out and take over the astral world too, but it wants the physical world because this is where it wins the war. This is where it really went to war against life. Wins here, this is the easiest place for it to win. Answer. And if it wins here, we're cooked. That's it. So it's putting all of its chips in the physical realm, and that has to do with the seventh ray aspects of creating truth. If you're going to use the seventh ray aspects, that's about business and free markets and the ability for people to create physical, dense physical form in the most efficient, effective ways that helps them to become more loving towards others while they become individual in themselves. If you decrease individuality in anything you do, you're going against God's will. God's will, by definition, is that human beings and everything else has a right to be individual to its own level of capability. And if you don't allow people to exercise their capability which is what free markets does, then you're decreasing your individuality and eventually you're redistributing your wealth and it's there is no such thing as an individual anymore. There are just slaves that are working for a system of evil to enslave more people. And that's what we're dealing with today. That's the real the real crux of truth. Last week I talked about uh, D'Souza's book and movie. That his most most of his focus is on the seventh ray effects because he knows what I just told you. We've got to win the war here because if we lose the war here, it won't make any difference. Now, that when I say that it's a mental war, it is a mental war right now. But we're losing it in the physical world through the loss of free markets, not through the, not through the effect of war per se. It's sort of a war on free markets, so I guess you could call it that. But it isn't a physical war on free markets as much as it is the mental side of it by changing the physical reality. The physical reality is without free markets, no one can be individual and nobody can be free. And that's the end of us. And the end of truth as it manifests itself in life here in the physical world. Well, you know, yeah, we're, we're reached that time. I'm out of time, but I hope that this has made a difference tonight. 
you know, I, I do what I can in the short time I have. But hopefully creating truth in the human mind has made more sense tonight than any other time I've ever talked about this subject in general. And I hope you will forgive me for telling you that you've got to tell people half-truths or untruths to get them to even sometimes become more truthful themselves. I know that doesn't sound like the golden rule, but it, it's maybe the only way to save some folks. Anyway, we're out of time for right now, and until next week, this has been Niles McFlower for Why Like This.